It's time for Bent News when you need to know. Get bent. Meow. You have a new cat in your house. I do, little Jasper T. Fluffy Tail. Woo. Cool cat. Oh, there's the fluffy tail flashing on the zoom right now. As if on cue, dude. That's so funny. Well, I wonder what Fluffy Tail thinks about the results of what they call the honorees this year, I noticed, of 2022 in the Rock Hall of Fame. Uh, it was announced this week in the performer category. Something that's never happened before happened. The top five vote-getters in the fan category were all inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw that and I was like, what? My thought on that is they're tired of us all yelling at them for not listening to the fans and they showed us going in in the performing category Pat Benatar, but we can't forget Neil Giraldo. They're joined at the hip for forever. I mean, the two of them together, an unbelievable songwriting team. And the impact, like we've talked about in our episode about Pat and her spider, they sang about subjects that people would not even talk about. It was whispered about, not even discussed. And they were punching everybody in the face with it. They empowered women moving forward in rock and roll. They'd only been in the nominating process for the last couple of years. Duran Duran goes in, kind of the same thing, and they are absolutely one of the great bands of the 1980s, continuing even into the 90s in a strong way. Oh, absolutely. And that romantic new rock or romantic new wave, whatever it was called, was so big because it was such a shift from the punk rock and some of the other aggressive post-punk, and it really kind of uh it made you feel good and it was fun music and watching their sound grow and change and then they aged with their listeners in the 90s when i first got into radio come undone became a huge hit for them and it was so fun to see them be able to continue to do what they love to do and do it in a really big way Marshall Mathers, from the Nine Mile to the Rock Hall in Cleveland. Not that long of a drive, but Eminem gets in one of those in the performer category for this year. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clock's run out. Time's up. Over. Plow. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Also, Annie and Dave. The Arrhythmics get in. Rightly so. She, another powerful influence on women, and their sound was big in the uh, 80s and the 90s. Yeah. And then Dave's contribution as a producer on top of that. Absolutely. So definitely one of those bands that should be in.
And Eminem, what can you say? If you ever seen him live, he's exceptional live. Dude's amazing, and he's super talented. Up next, someone about whom there's no question about her talent or her being an influence, the great Dolly Parton. She initially had said no thank you because she didn't feel like she'd proven herself in rock and roll. In the last few days, she announced that she would accept induction into the Rock Hall if it was granted to her by the committee. Maybe somebody tipped her off that they were putting in the top five vote-getters this year or something like that. Maybe she kind of knew. She had to have known. And The business is like that. You're gonna. That's how you're going to find stuff out, right? Absolutely. Her influence as a singer-songwriter for women moving forward, monumental. Lionel Richie gets in as a solo act, and he has had a huge influence in pop and R&B and soul in various forms through the decades, also as a writer and a producer. Just an amazing guy, and it's so good to see him recognized. Yes. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. You're all I've ever wanted. And my arms are open wide. Cause you know just what to say. And you know just what to do. And I want to tell you so much. I love you. Love Lionel Richie. Love the I Commodores. I know you do. That's it. Big Your fan. whole response is Huge yes. fan. Yes. <laughs> you gush about him at every turn. He gets into the Hall of Fame. You go, yes. The final member of the performer category for 2022 is Carly Simon from her beginnings as a solo artist. Uh, she was extremely huge in uh, the 70s, maybe because she bordered between pop and rock. Cigarette glows in the dark The living room is still I walk by no remark She was more viewed as a pop performer by a lot of people, and I think that includes my partner, Marcus. I don't know if I would say she's fully pop. She definitely was a singer-songwriter. She fits the rock and roll sound, so... and hey, the, she wrote a song about Mick Jagger and Warren Beatty, dude. I know. And that soft rock in the 70s was big, and it was called Soft Rock. The Ahmed Erdogan Award is given every year to one of the non-performing professionals that have really been excellent throughout their career, and this year, it includes Alan Grubman, mm. Jimmy Iovine, who started out as the tape winder and ended up running Interscope, and Sylvia Robinson, who I don't know a whole lot about. I know very little about Sylvia Robinson as well. Oh, Mickey and Sylvia. Oh. She's the Sylvia half. Little Sylvia, they called her. Uh, now it's all coming into yes. focus there, so I get it. But, right. uh, she was a singer and a record producer and a label executive, which wasn't that common for a woman in her era. Um, she's also the driving force behind the Sugar Hill Gang's rapper Delight and The Message. Call me gobsmacked. 
Outstanding. Congratulations to Sylvia. Well deserved. This is where our analysis of the class of 2022 gets a little weird, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Because I never really heard of the Musical Excellence Award as being part of the induction process. It says here it's given to artists, musicians, songwriters, and producers whose originality and influence creating music have had a dramatic impact on music. Well, isn't that pretty much everybody who's in the Rock Hall? Isn't that the qualification for the unique qualities to be in the Rock Hall in the first place? Uh, yes, that's my understanding. And the two entities that get the award this year are Judas Priest and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, two of the greatest producers, one of the greatest producing teams ever. I can understand they're qualifying for this award, but I also see them as worthy in the way that other producers have been inducted. Yep. But Judas Priest, man, I don't get it. They should have gone in for their original impact. If they had that much original impact, which they did from Rock and Roll Forward, they should be recognized for that in the performers category. And I think the reason it didn't happen was because of the way that they lined up all the fan favorites. See, you got what you want there, but you don't get Judas Priest. They go in this way. Uh. I feel like we're living in a bizarro world because I can't even believe that it's almost like we sort of screwed up. So here we're going to give you this award and it just uh, it's so disappointing. All I'm going to say is I read this article from Joe DeVita at Loudwire that said it perfectly. Basically, he boiled it down to a backhanded compliment and a byproduct of a system of checks and balances for the seriously out of touch and backward ideological thinking of the Hall Standard Voting Committee. And his own response to his own comment is, wow, where do we even start? First off, I found that the committee for this award is not the same committee as the overall voting award. You see where it starts to show a little bit of light into why this is happening this way? Mm-hmm. You can't give a 1,000 votes to these guys to be in the, the performer category? I don't get it. I don't get it either. Well, a lot of people think, and I've seen some of our friends posting mm-hmm. about Judas Priest being you know, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I, I think it's great that they're being recognized, but I agree with DeVita that it's a backhanded compliment. I agree. And, and the fact that may show that the members of the band don't completely get it, his response, K.K. Downing, who hasn't been with the band, says you know, he's not sure that he'll be able to perform or anything like that, but that... He's looking forward to taking part in any way he can into the band's induction. (sighs) How do you tell a guy? Well, you know, it's not like you're all going to stand at a podium and get five minutes to talk about your great career like so many others have and as you deserve but aren't going to get. One of the things I want people who are listening to our little Bent News update to understand is... While we might be telling you why they got in, we maybe don't necessarily agree with the class because there's so many artists out there that should be in that haven't been recognized, like Judas Priest should be in as a performer, the MC5 should be in as performers. There's so many other bands that are so important in the evolution of rock and roll that are getting completely hosed, and it's very disappointing every year. Every year it gets aggravating and out in the desert this morning neanderthal woke up and started going on on facebook about ozzy not being in as a solo artist and his audience is following right in on that and that's a whole nother thing that doesn't even get brought up anymore i kind of explained what we learned on the podcast on on a comment to paul uh hopefully uh, he was able to impart that to the uh, audience that's listening this morning and 
I don't want to make it sound like we're just bitching and complaining every time they put out a, a list, but uh, I do believe that they are trying to do more by putting in the top five vote getters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shows that, but I think that one of the things that Davida said is basically you've got a bunch of people who really are out of touch, and some may wield that authority or power or whatever the hell you want to call it, Marcus, in a way that is really not what it was intended for. Again, the system has issues that we've talked about. Out of touch is one of those big issues within the system. Well, at least they got it right on Pat Benatar this year. Yes. And thank you to the fans who helped make that happen because it's obvious that fans of rock and roll understand the importance of Pat and Neil. Also, we can't walk by without congratulating and recognizing Harry Belafonte and Elizabeth Cotton, who received the Early Influence Award in the class of 2022. They'll all get their awards and stuff at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. in November, but congrats to those who are in, and the discussion will always continue uh, in the media about who's left and who should be in, who's not, and that kind of thing. (laughs) It's never going to end. No. Marcus, we have a sad note. This week, we lost the great Rick Parnell. And most people are saying, well, who the fuck is Rick Parnell? And I say, wait a minute, cowboy. You stop for a minute and give some love to the great Mick Shrimpton from Spinal Tap. (laughs) Was he the one who died in a bizarre gardening accident, or did he spontaneously combust on stage? He not only spontaneously combusted on stage as Mick Shrimpton, when they did the Spinal Tap reunion album and tour years later, Rick played Mick's twin brother, Rick Shrimpton, and drummed as himself, uh, which Final <laughs> Tap on record. Just a total fucking hoot. He was the guy in the middle of that. He was the one who took over for the guy who died in the guarding accident. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But Rick was a pretty accomplished guy. He came from music. His two brothers were drummers. His dad was a jazz drummer. And he was in the band, the Atomic Rooster, man. They were progenitors of the rock and roll space case. Wow. But after all that, Marcus, there was a record that most people know. It's one of the most annoying pop records I've ever heard in my life, but we got to give it some love from South Philadelphia, Tony Basil and Mickey. That's him on the drums. Whoa. And when it came round to it, he got the call. They were going to do this as Spinal Tap, the movie. So he played Mick Shrimpton. He goes in, does that whole thing. Nothing really happens for a while, but eventually uh, they do a reunion tour and an album called Break Like the Wind. Remember that in 1992? He was the drummer on that whole thing with the tour because they'd already killed off Mick Shrimpton. He had to be Rick Shrimpton, his twin brother, who we never knew that he had. Outstanding. <laughs> Rick Burnell was also a radio brother. He did a show called Spontaneous Combustion on KDTR Trail 103.3 FM. Missoula, Montana, out there in Montana. And he also played golf a lot. Lived the good life. Oh, and he also played on John Anderson's Three Ships album. Just wanted to get that in there. The late, great Rick Parnell. Gone too soon, man. Pearl Jam back on the road, kicked off their tour in San Diego. Man, the videos and the pictures look awesome. Great set list, the whole nine yards, Marcus. Oh, absolutely. 
Can't wait to see them hit Philly in the fall. Such a great live show. Always fun. Every night the set list is different, so you never know what you're going to get. Pearl Jam back on the road. Marcus, this one hit the rumor mill on May 4th as everyone was being silly and celebrating, you know, May the 4th be with you. In the middle of all the madness of Star Wars celebrating on May 4th, it was announced or rumored, or the rumor got out, that Flea is going to be part of this Obi-Wan miniseries that they were promoting all through the day on TBS. Wow, he's done a lot of acting over the years, and he's got to be a big Star Wars fan if he's partaking in something like the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Love to talk to him about that. Who wouldn't, right? I mean, he's been in some pretty cool movies, you know. Marcus, I have a question. Can you tell me why Tool have refused time and time again to play big stadium shows? I saw a story about that this week. Adam Jones was talking to somebody in the media at Metal Hammer and basically said that they don't believe that in a huge stadium, the fans get the experience the way they should. It's almost like they're, you know, caterpillars down on We've the floor. It, so, right? Yes. So they want you to be as close to the... Uh, stage as possible to experience as much of the music and the feel as well and to them the feel and the texturing and the layers are very important a sad note before we wrap up marcus and i can't believe we're saying that it's been 10 years since we lost mca bro i saw that and i was like 10 years holy cow and he's so young he was 47 when he passed away Such a huge hole in my heart. There's no way around expressing it. it, It's still 10 years later feels tragic in my heart. I agree. And fuck cancer. Just fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Get your goddamn colon cancer test. It's easier than ever. This message, the imbalanced history of rock and roll and dark duck media. (laughs) Miss MCA, you motherfucker. Got one episode update before we wrap up this edition of Bent News. Uh, During our episode of Five Favorite American Bands, I never gave the interesting facts that I discovered, even though I mentioned it while we were doing the episode, I never got around to actually telling everybody. Well, could you share these interesting facts with all of us, please? I'm going to try. Okay. They involve the Brecker brothers, Dick Wagner, and Steve Hunter. And I'm going to try to walk you through it and let me know if you have any questions, okay? First off, Steve Hunter and Dick Wagner provided some of the greatest riffs in rock and roll history, including uh, Steve Hunter doing the first solo on Train Kept a Rolling from Aerosmith, right? He also does the acoustic intro on Salisbury Hill from Peter Gabriel. He wrote the interlude to Lou Reed's live version of Sweet Jane. And also recorded on Billion Dollar Babies and Welcome to My Nightmare. And both of those albums also included guitar work from one Dick Wagner. Now, Dick's work, aside from writing Only Women Bleed for Alice's solo debut, Welcome to My Nightmare, 
He was on Billion Dollar Babies. He was on School's Out, too. And he was on Muscle of Love, the album after Billion Dollar Babies. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Hunter had done the one solo in Train Kept a Rolling. Well, Dick Wagner did the other one. Okay. Okay. The Brecker brothers, Randy and Michael, played horns on both of those tracks. Also on Born to Run, they also worked with Lou Reed, who also worked with Hunter and Wagner. These are all tying together in my five favorites in the American bands of the 70s. Between us, all these connections were found. That is crazy. And that's what makes it that news update worthy. (laughs) Monday, we have an episode that we're very excited to present. Marcus, tell folks what's coming to their phones and devices. You're going to get to hear us slapping and a yapping with Slim Jim Phantom of the Stray Cats. That, it's going to be so much fun, folks. Uh, that cat has so many great stories. He shared a few with us. He talked a little bit about his podcast. He talked a little bit about his work and what he's doing. His roots of rock and roll, which is so much fun to hear from the musicians in the business is what got them going and it's all so different so you get to hear all these great perspectives and you get to hear about all these amazing people that are on different branches in the rock and roll family tree a couple weeks ago marcus came to me and said you want to talk to slim jim phantom i said hell yes and you're going to hear the results on monday wherever you get your podcast or at imbalancedhistory.com by the way Check out all of our episodes there. They're all there, plus the blogs that we do, all that stuff, on our website, imbalancedhistory.com. Well, that's going to do it, Marcus, for this edition of Bent News. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. When you need to know, get bent.